0: Hey, you guys! Welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast. My name is Corey Tyndall, and as always, I am your host. And this week, I chatted over the phone with uh, one of my good friends and comedian, who I've known for three and a half, four years, uh, Tom Achilles. I uh, I recently hit up Tom. Uh, to, uh, cause honestly I hadn't seen him in a while and he had the great idea to talk about growing up Catholic. Um, I did not grow up Catholic. I went to church for a couple of years, but my, uh, my stepmom is, uh, or was very Catholic when I was growing up. So she would go to church. So it's always kind of fascinated me, um, kind of the, the Catholic lifestyle and hearing about what it's like to grow up in a Catholic school, um, and really kind of analyze, okay, how is, Tom's life changed now, or how does he live now because of that upbringing that he had inside the Catholic Church? So uh, I really thought this was incredibly interesting. Um, I love talking about the psychology of religion and and stuff like that. So um, I think you guys will enjoy it as well. Uh, please remember to go follow me on uh, Instagram at Corey T Comedy. Also, the podcast has its own page at kind of an expert on Instagram. Uh, you follow me on TikTok. I'll put highlights up, uh, other videos that I make. Uh, and please, anytime you uh, like, subscribe or share the podcast, I really appreciate it. And with that, let's get into the episode. you're you're staying in pennsylvania and saving money how is like have you done any shows or done like writing what have what have you been doing with your time comedically since this all started it's always interesting I, obviously with this I try, i'm talking to all the comedians that i knew before the pandemic and i'm always interested in like what they did with all this free time
1: <laughs> yeah i've not been doing uh that much stand-up i've done like a couple virtual shows here and there, uh, via zoom or like Instagram live. But, um, right now I've been kind of trying to make like these solo sort of like sketch videos on Instagram and YouTube. So I feel like I've been putting more of my energy into that just because, uh, you know, stand up live isn't really available to me out here unfortunately <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. i've i've been sort of uh trying to you know entertain comedy in different ways i'm also on an improv team virtually which has been pretty fun oh wow um through the magnet theater in new york city they're doing yeah, like yeah. virtual programming so uh we have like a show once a month and like a rehearsal uh one one night of the week which has been it's fun because you know it just it sort of keeps your your ideas flowing and keeps things loose so i feel like in the meantime if i'm not on stage doing stand-up i should keep myself sort of in comedy shape if you will you know oh yeah
0: that's that's really smart so what does an improv like a virtual improv show look like i i haven't even heard of people doing that but i guess now that you say that i'm like duh of course they're gonna try and figure something out but <laughs> like is it yeah it, it's improv so it's not pre-written like how do you guys deal with like simple stuff like the lag in a zoom call or like the delay in talking i, I don't know that's fascinating
1: yeah it's difficult for sure because um you know it's it's a lot of like screen coordination like uh they're There's, like, some stuff where it's, like, oh, if you turn your screen on, you're in the scene. And if you have your screen off, you're currently, like, quote-unquote off stage. So there's, like, some coordination that's done in terms of, like, turning screens on, turning screens off. Like, if you turn your screen on, it means, like, you're entering the scene. Uh, But you're right. Like, there is, like, some lag sometimes, and that can sort of throw things off. So it's not you know it's it's not so simple like just being in person is like so much easier but I feel like um, it's still you know it's still fun again like much like doing virtual stand up there isn't really a crowd reaction which is kind of tough um, so it does feel like you're sort of bombing but um, <laughs> but uh, you know me I'm pretty used to that <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> no I I would never say that you like bomb because you're uh, we were talking about it before uh, like your you're bit about like you have a bit about TurboTax and I think just like the people that are into it are like this is fucking awesome which is the, <laughs> the camp that I was in from like the first time that I saw you at Climat like four years ago I was like oh okay, Okay, I 100% get what this guy's trying to do, and uh, and then other people are just like kind of like okay, I don't really understand it, but that's why I would never say that like you're bombing because I think some of the people that that are enjoying it are just like they're so like wrapped up in it they're like i don't know how to feel about this but i like it you know i don't know Uh, yeah (laughs) well
1: thank you Corey. (laughs) i appreciate that i think you you hit the nail on the head there it's like some people are uh they get they get it and then other people don't get it and it's not like they it's not like like you said it's not like i'm bombing they're just trying to understand sort of you know
0: yeah, which I mean, uh, I guess happens to, to everybody at at some point. But uh, right. but how like, I guess because you've been home for for like the last year. One thing that happened to me while I was at my parents for like two months or, or something is I just like I had all this kind of create. I didn't have a, as much creative energy at my parents' house as I did when I was in. New York, like things were just a little too. I. I guess I don't know what it is, but uh, for sure. But my hunch is like I was a little too easy to just like go about my day at my parents' house, like sleep in a little bit longer, just watch TV, whatever. Where like New York kind of yeah. provides like urgency. How have you kind of maintained like creative levels at your parents' house?
1: yeah that's a great question because i think definitely earlier in quarantine i was experiencing that because you know where i live in pennsylvania it's pretty isolated it's not really near a city and you know most of my friends live in new york so i am sort of kind of uh alone out here and doing sort of the solo living but uh one thing that i've been doing recently that's helped me like get up earlier and, you know, not be as lazy as like, I'm starting to like exercise quite a bit. And I just never did that in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because the the same thing happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. Where I was like, uh, you know, in New York, always running from like Mike to show to, you know, I have a nine to five as well. So I would like go to work and my, I was just very busy. And now that I have the time out here, I found that uh, in earlier in quarantine i was just being really lazy and not really accomplishing much of anything but starting to like go for runs every day and like create sort of this workout routine has just made me feel more like alive and awake and energized and i find that i accomplish more by uh just creating that routine which is crazy because i never put that together before it's like oh yeah exercise right. feels good this is bizarre <laughs> why did i never do this before like i'm the type of person who just wouldn't exercise uh, i know but i've started to and that's i think that's made a big difference i've also started meditating too which has been nice
0: oh nice yeah that's uh that's one thing that i haven't really gotten into i guess like I don't know. I take like 30 minute showers and I like, I've kind of, I guess they're just like free thought exercises for the whole time that I'm in there. So I'm like, I guess I'm kind of meditating, but it's like cheating a little. I don't, I don't know. I I didn't get big into that, but I did, I did start running. It was the same thing that, that you were saying. I was just like, i was so bored at my parents house i was like i have so much energy i can't i can't get rid of creative energy i'm like still working but then like i wasn't getting any physical energy because if you went outside you died was right the the mentality in the first couple of months so it's like okay i guess i'm just gonna just gonna do nothing but the other part of it was like i i don't know i'm always uh maybe maybe your parents are uh Maybe you have, like, a different relationship with your parents, but, like, when I'm at my parents' house, I just kind of feel like I can't be uh, as funny. Like, I got to be a little more Mm. reserved, and I don't know if that's just a me thing, because they're fine. It's not like they're, like, I'm saying things and they're reprimanding me or whatever, but it's just, like, I don't know. I The... I guess the the freedom of it is a little bit where my humor comes from I don't and you've got like very kind of out there bits. what is that like with what is that relationship like with your parents? do they just like watch you do this stuff and or are <laughs> they in videos or are they what are they yeah how does what is that dynamic?
1: yeah, that's a great question, Corey. I think i uh for better or worse, I kind of keep that separate from my relationship with my parents because um not that they would be offended by it i think it's just not their style of sense of humor um (laughs) so i feel like living at home with them i sort of create on my own and sort of keep that separate from my relationship with them which like i think comes back to sort of like the idea that, like, you know, they, they're they a little bit more conservative and uh, are very religious. Not that that is, like, makes them more sensitive or, like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, be doing all this crazy stuff. But it's just uh, I feel like my relationship with them is sort of set in this direction that's already been predetermined. And I also uh, I like I like my relationship with my parents in that sense. Like, I can right. connect with them on that level. and. I think that my comedy is sort of like an escape from that structured type of, like, Catholic upbringing, Catholicism, like, very structured, uh, like, this is the way it is. This is what we believe. So it's sort of like a reactionary thing that I kind of keep as, like, my own thing on the side, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, com- completely. I mean, but it's it's interesting because, like, um, it's... at least it's always interesting to me to find out more about someone's upbringing and then try and relate it to their comedy and see where that, where that would come from. And like, when you, when you said like, Oh, we should do one about growing up Catholic. I was like, Oh wow. His, like his bits are so out there, but none of them are like too vulgar or none of them are like, so I don't know how much, how much thought, does that when you're writing stuff is it really just kind of like free flowing and and or do you put in thought of like oh well like I know some people with catholic parents are like oh no I try not to to swear too much or or anything like that
1: yeah that's a great question i do think that some of it probably does have to do with you know being raised catholic and you know the just that that is so like uh like worked into my brain like that was the way that I was taught to like not be vulgar and to be, you know, looked at well in the eyes of God <laughs> like that was very <laughs> that was very much, you know, like part of the deal growing up and that was just something that's been like hammered into me and you know, I I don't have anything against being vulgar but uh and I actually a lot of my favorite comics are quite vulgar and edgy but When I do comedy, I think I try to come at it from, like, being edgy in terms of, like, this is just something that's not normal, if that makes sense. It's not, like, trying to be shocking with, like, the words that I'm saying or, like, an idea that I'm putting across, but shocking in the sense of, like, what the fuck is going on, (laughs) you know? Um And but I do think some of it is like I was raised sort of in a very buttoned up culture and maybe some of that is still in me where I don't want to or like my natural inclination isn't to be the vulgar comic. Of sorts, And I, I think that maybe gets a bad brand. People would be like, oh, you're a clean comic. But it's like I, you know, I don't think I, I wouldn't necessarily shy away from doing something that's more salacious. But I think I tend to <laughs> I tend to be a little more uh, clean, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So your
0: bits are clean, but you do the the naked comedy show is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, exactly <laughs> right right i do the naked. <laughs> exactly i'll do the naked comedy show um
0: yeah that would, that, i think that'd be a fun show you just go full everyone clean comic but everybody everyone's
1: it's, nude, everyone's it's nude the, but it's the only... cognitive
0: dissonance going on would be incredibly confusing
1: <laughs> that would be yeah who who would know what to do in that situation i, I, I don't know I'm kind of
0: surprised it hasn't happened to be honest. So, so when you like you say it's you come from a buttoned-up family, so you're not vulgar. Like your bits are, I would say the opposite of buttoned-up. They're like borderline yeah. chaotic. So, yes. like, but it's 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 almost like like in the in the dungeons and dragons chart it's almost like you're like a chaotic neutral it's like it's not evil (laughs) but it's not it's not like good in the sense that it's like wholesome but it's definitely
1: it's definitely out there it's definitely weird right well if i can relate that to catholicism uh you know the As I got older, and especially, I would say, once I started to go to college, you know, I kind of stopped going to church every Sunday and Mm -hmm. was surrounded by people who thought differently. And it really opened my mind up to realize that, like, you know, I didn't really have a choice growing up to be raised this way. Like, this was the household that I was brought into. And I'm not, like, resentful of that. It just is what it is. And, uh you know, getting to a point where I can make my own decisions about what I believe uh, sort of reframed Catholicism for me where it was like, oh, this is actually, if you step back from it, kind of a crazy thing to believe in. Like that there is this thing (laughs) in the sky that is judging you and uh, you need to behave in a certain way in order to eventually die and be up in the sky. Like the idea and like if you don't that you're going to burn beneath uh like that whole heaven and hell belief if you step back or when i step back i was like that's actually kind of crazy i never really thought of it but i always thought of that as normal so i think that that also influences my comedy because being raised catholic i know how to treat it as natural to believe something crazy So I think a lot of the bits that I write, I write these like crazy things, but I don't treat them as weird. I just treat them as Mm. normal Um, because I think, you know, growing up, believing something crazy with no second guessing is like kind of second nature for me. So like if I write this crazy TurboTax joke and just commit to it, it's really not that difficult for me because I feel like it's been like hammered into my dna from a young age where it's like yeah i was i've always been believing something crazy and not questioning it so writing something like that feels pretty natural
0: wow i mean that is such an interesting way to look at it like i i don't think i've ever thought about anyone's like my bits or anyone else's bits in that sense but i mean it does make it does make a lot of sense when you like look at it from the perspective of someone who you know spent like you said 20 years believing right. in this thing it's like oh okay well now um comedy that that isn't rooted in truth okay it's just another thing that's not rooted in truth that's that's a fascinating way to think about it
1: yeah i i think it is again uh from being in like a sort of a siloed childhood where I didn't, it was pretty sheltered where I grew up and I went to like Catholic elementary school. So like there were religious classes and, you know, there weren't many other perspectives to take in, in my upbringing. So I think I, from a young age was just like, Oh yeah, no, this is how the world works. And, uh, you know, you do need to believe, you need to believe in this for you to have, uh, a good life and there is no other way it was very much like uh a bipolar like a polarized way to grow up so i think that uh just you know not having any other perspective at that type of like uh in that part of my youth just really uh made me kind of like it gave it kind of is like a gift in a way. It it's a gift and a curse. I would say it's a gift mm-hmm. because it's like oh I I have the ability now to just like believe something, sort of like uh, without questioning it. You know? Yeah. Because I lived like that for so long. Right,
0: right. And then you've got I mean I don't know I don't know how many people when you were in the city like before the pandemic you met who grew up in the city who had kind of the opposite. Um, like upbringing yeah. as that, where like it seemed, like where you're saying you were like, oh no, this is the way we do things here. Where if like, I always I always talk about like, um, I just bring it back to like dating because for the first few years that I was here, I was dating around, and I realized that um, I just don't really get along with people who grew up in the city, and it's like mm-hmm. it's it, there's almost like a um, there's almost like a, a cynicism to them because they just like they grew up seeing so much and realizing from a very early, like not really being sure of anything for so long and then you've got you and and more to an extent uh and to an extent me uh who kind of grew up with this like oh no this is you know midwestern town everyone goes to church and like oh there's the weird kid with a lot of there's the weird girl with a lot of makeup she doesn't go to church but she's the only one like that kind of but like It's hard for me to say that either one of those is wrong. They're Mm. just kind of different. However, obviously you coming from, because I wasn't Catholic. We went to church for like four or five years, but it was really just like, it was just church on Sunday and I always hated it because we would get home, uh, Oh yeah, like after after the football game started, so I would always right. put up a fight every single weekend. <laughs> I um, gotta see the and, uh, lot of the
1: Lions or whatever. I, get, yeah. I <laughs> gotta watch.
0: I gotta watch my team lose. So, mm-hmm. um, which, but I mean, from from your perspective, is that like? Do you think that has helped you long run? Do you think that's hurt you long run? Like this this upbringing that it was so uh, kind of uh, singular yeah until until you were an adult really
1: i would say it's it's definitely a double-edged sword because um some of the things within catholicism have been like impediments in my life one of which <laughs> is like the catholic guilt muscle like the <laughs> idea that uh if you sin or if you um if yeah if you sin that that's something that you need to Repent for and like overcompensate for. So mm. the that is something that has like really stuck with me in my life. I think that if I uh, I'm like sort of a people pleaser. I think because of Catholicism, where like I want to be seen as you know in this perfect image. Uh, and I think that when I uh, you know accidentally misstep or or make a mistake, I over apologize. And mm. I uh, I definitely like fixate on things that I feel like I did wrong to the point where like I overthink it. And then it becomes like, I just get really in my head about like things, like situations in the past that I could have like handled better or things like that. When uh, I just essentially start to waste psychological time thinking about things that don't really matter anymore uh right. but i get caught up on them because of that that guilt that was um like drilled into me at this young age that still you know sort of follows me so i mean i mean i've gone to therapy for that too to like try to release some of that energy and like try to you know unlearn that which has been programmed <laughs> into me um yeah. so i mean that's one of the things that definitely sticks out as like an impediment in terms of like uh strengths though i do feel like um growing up catholic gave me a good sense of uh morals if that makes sense like a lot of the things that they do preach in catholicism are good like help your neighbor or um you know like uh yeah like a sense of community like we're you know we do or like uh helping the poor like there are good values and morals within it uh but then there are also some things that are pretty restrictive that I've like you know uh obviously like gay marriage is like a huge issue that I have with the Catholic Church like not right. pr- promoting that or um you know like no sex before marriage there are certain things that I that just don't resonate with me but um I think that my parents you know wanted to raise us catholic because uh you know they were raised catholic and i think it is like sort of a safe way to create community at that age uh so i i definitely like i value it but i also as i grew older saw a lot of the faults in it that didn't really resonate with me and i also if i can also say this Corey, i think that the fact that I was raised Catholic without a choice has sort of turned me into, like, I want to say, more of like an atheist as I've yeah. gotten older. Because it's like, well, I was this was forced down my throat. If I grew up secular and maybe found religion at an older age, I would have like a different relationship with it. But I think yeah. because it was forced on me, um, I feel repel like it feels repellent. To me, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. No, that I mean, that makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense. That's in my family, like my my grandparents on my mom's side were were kind of the same thing. Where it's you know, uh, Catholic school growing up, they went to Catholic uh, high school, Catholic college, and then after that, they were like, I'm I'm done with this. Um, <laughs> right. But at the, right. At the same time, like it, let's let's say it wasn't uh, let's say it wasn't shoved down your throat. Uh, when you were a kid um, and then you became an adult you did have a uh, quote unquote better relationship with God you Mm -hmm. probably still wouldn't have chosen to become Catholic as an adult like, that's, right. that's the whole issue with it is like, okay, even if you did find God, like, there's so many other things wrong where I, <laughs> I doubt you would have went, ah, yeah, I'm looking for a new religion. I'm going to choose Catholicism.
1: Yeah, yeah, but highly <laughs> unlikely, I would yeah. say, that I would uh, voluntarily choose to become Catholic at an older age. That's for sure. Um, but I do – I also think that another way that this relates to my comedy is like uh, – you know, Catholicism is just all about structure. Like, there are Mm -hmm. commandments, there are sacraments that you go through, like, uh, essentially, like, you have, like, a list of, like, things that you need to obey, and -hmm. then there's also, like, sacraments, meaning, like, sort of touchstone, uh, like, checkpoints along the way to, like, progress in Catholicism. And, like, it is just very structured, so I think that the fact that my comedy is so unstructured i think the fact that i'm the reason i'm able to do that is because i think once i busted out of that structured world that was so um tightly wound that like once i finally like went to college and sort of broke away from that i think that i had like this sort of rebellious streak of like oh i can i can go crazy now because like Everything before was so tight and like I couldn't really move. I felt sort of like suffocated. So, I think right. maybe my comedy is sort of like an overcompensation or an overcorrection from my upbringing where I had to be so uh controlled that I now have the ability to like be extremely chaotic.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's incredibly interesting that's an interesting way to think about it and if you I guess like what I thought you were gonna say was like if you think about comedy itself in New Mm -hmm. York it's so unstructured it's complete Uh, chaos all the time there's no rhyme or reason to any of this like club owners are like you know club bookers are booking people just because they are attracted to them and hoping that they'll (laughs) like sleep with them and you're like hey, wait a minute i'm a hundred times better or my friend is a thousand times better than this person you just put on why and it's like you look at it it's like oh the manager thought she had nice tits so it's like (laughs) it's so chaotic it's so unstructured um and it's it is interesting to like get the the profile of someone who would be into that. Like it's it's always fascinated me how often um people like comics are just the children of super rich people. Like that, yeah, that always really kind of confused me because I was like, okay, is this like a rebellious thing or is this like you getting like to express yourself because you weren't and obviously like i don't know anything about most of their their upbringings but i guess from your perspective with the the cat, like just the profile of someone who would do comedy because the the trope is like oh they're scarred they're fucked up or whatever and then you meet all these people and it's like nah he played lacrosse at harvard his parents are rich he's fine but <laughs> yeah you know, and if you know who i'm talking about then that <laughs> I means yeah it's, it's, uh, it's i don't know it's it's, it's pretty it's interesting
1: because like um like you said i think a lot of people will say that like oh to be to be like a successful comic or a comic that's good you needed to have something like tough happen to you when you were growing up yeah. yeah some sort of trauma and i mean i don't i don't really have any examples of that i feel like uh, th- I mean, it is a pretty vanilla upbringing for me, like, you know, uh, sort of this very suburban middle class Pennsylvania upbringing with Catholicism. I had two sisters. Like, I still have a really good relationship with my parents. Uh, There's no, like, big red flags from my upbringing that would, like, trigger me to become a comedian. So that yeah. I- I've always kind of struggled with that question a little bit because... Like, I know that a lot of people who have experienced trauma, it gives them a lot to talk about and a lot to laugh about. But I think for me, I always just enjoyed humor from a very young age. Like, one of my favorite shows growing up was, like, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Again, like, very, um, again, like, very clean. It wasn't too salacious or anything like that. And, I mean, like, I was a big fan of, like, Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan Mm. uh, growing up. Um yeah, pretty like squeaky clean type comedians and comedy uh but I want to say that like my my first instinct is that you don't need to have something traumatic happen to you to make you funny. I don't yeah. I don't that's my personal belief, but I think it can help. <laughs> if you yeah. if you have some trauma definitely uh to to wake that up in you but uh for the catholicism i mean i think that the energy of that and the intensity of that and then breaking away from that has definitely like been an influence on me while nothing like traumatic ever happened like in a sense
0: yeah yeah and and i guess like i mean from from my perspective as well like i don't have some severe trauma like parents are divorced but whatever that half sure. of kids parents are are divorced but it like you know it was uh just like growing up like everyone in my family's super sarcastic like we mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't watch like whose line is it anyway i was watching like tosh.0 or whatever yeah yeah i want to yeah. like, i want to figure out how to do that and then it's just like okay well if if you're a kid who is watching funny shit on TV and then you think like, oh, I want to do that. Then it doesn't really matter if you have trauma or not. You're probably going to figure out how to do that if you focus on it long enough. But, but your scenario to me and, and feel free to tell me I'm, 100% wrong on this is like it kind of feels like like you were kind of the kid who grew up without ever tasting sugar and then when you went to college it was like holy shit I can have unlimited Mountain Dew all the time and it's just like (laughs) you're like this is my new favorite thing because I was deprived of it
1: (laughs) you I think you hit the nail on the head Corey because like it was uh, like you said I just the way the sheltered upbringing Uh, the religious sheltered upbringing I thought in my mind that this was like how everyone was. I know that that sounds pretty it's it's like a very sheltered view because that's I mean I just was very sheltered growing up and I think going into college and just experiencing the world like I went to school in Washington D.C. at American Mm. University and um It was just, I really got to take in a lot of different perspectives and it was like, it was a lot of like light bulb going off in the head. Like, oh, this is something that people can do and oh, this is like totally fine to be like this. It was, uh, I feel like if in a way I was like a child for too long. Like Hmm. I never, I grew up late, if that makes sense. Like I think a lot of kids who don't have religious upbringings kind of get to grow up faster and become more mature uh, quicker. But me being in like this structure that I didn't question and that I never really had a chance to break out of, uh, I feel like I, you know, was more naive at like an older age. Like when I was 18, joining college, I was just very naive. I I didn't really know what I was doing and hadn't really experienced outside perspectives before um sure you know like a kid from the city would be probably smarter than me and would know uh you know more about how the world works whereas i only knew a specific perspective
0: sure yeah i mean i don't i don't know if smarter is necessarily the the right word because i do think that there are some some upsides to like growing up like that like you said like you are um you're more of a, a people pleaser because of kind of this like Catholic guilt and like growing up growing up too fast can kind of like kind of ruin your chances on the other end of it. So I guess, I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but the fact that you kind of did grow up like that is like, oh, now you're just, you're an adult who's really nice to everyone. Like you're not a yeah. dick. And so it's like, okay, was that worth it? to not be a dick you know definitely and i don't know what are what are your feelings obviously you're like yeah and if you want to be like i wish i was a dick then uh <laughs> i mean
1: i mean that is something that's definitely like intrinsically in me like like you said the people pleaser i feel like and maybe i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like i'm a pretty nice guy and like i yeah. try to be nice to everyone i meet um to the point where Sometimes that can backfire on me um, where like I feel like I never like you said, I never really learned how to be a dick or how to be good at being a dick because I'm not I didn't grow up in like uh, because I mean, I feel like Catholicism is all about like serving, serving the Lord, like putting yourself like second, like you don't want to. Uh, look out for yourself because you're actually serving God. Like, that's sort of the idea there. Like, you should always put yourself second, which is not always a good thing because sometimes I would be confronted with situations where I still cater to a person who might not be in my best interest, but I care more about, like, pleasing others. So I never learned... I never learned how to, like, say no to people. Like, I was always Mm. willing to, like, help people, like... And also, I feel like I am also friends with people sometimes that are maybe not the best moral upstanding humans, but a big part of Catholicism is also, like, forgiveness and, like, being able to forgive people. So. I feel like I always try to see the best in people and try to understand what struggles people are going through and will be friends with pretty much anybody. And I think a lot of people would think that that's probably not a good stance because you need to look out for yourself. And I kind of agree with them. And that's something I'm trying to work on. Like, don't give energy to people who are maybe not going to uh, be like a good energy in your life whereas before i think i always was like oh this is somebody who needs my help and it's like the servant in me that is entrenched in me that wants to like help this person yeah
0: i mean that that would make uh i mean i i guess it's like it's all about the life that you want to live right because growing up growing up catholic and having these feelings like there's I guess it makes sense why, from, every, from what you just said, it's now starting to make sense to me why someone who grew up in, uh, in the Catholic environment like that, who does kind of have that quote-unquote servant mentality, just stays in the church. Like, they don't yeah. really leave their hometown they go they work for the church to just continue to do what they had been doing before. Meanwhile, right. you're you're like breaking out of there and going to like the most hedonistic city in the fucking country. <laughs> exactly. And it, and it's just so like but then and to to bring that even further, you went into comedy which is just like even more uh, animals. Like half of half right. of the people in the New York comedy scene are just out of their fucking mind. And so yes. it's like Um so, I I don't know what. I, so, from that perspective are you like, okay, I'm I'm going into this thing where um like I don't really have to take care of anyone cuz it is super like comedy's super independent. You get your you get your little group of friends, but most of the time at least with stand up and improv, I'm sure it's different. It's just like it's it's you. And so, I don't know, yeah. is that was that part of the pull of doing it for you or was it something else?
1: Um i think for me like well the first time i ever did stand up was at my high school talent show wow and um the thing is i so i went to catholic school from grades uh like kindergarten through sixth grade and then my sister both of my sisters had gone to the catholic high school they're both my older sisters and uh my parents were open to me going to the public high school or the Catholic high school. I think mm. I got that treatment because I'm the youngest kid, and I feel like <laughs> uh, the younger kid sort of gets the easier um, yes. route, if yes, that makes sense. Yes, <laughs> they <laughs> Are, you, are you the youngest? or
0: No, I'm the oldest of five. Uh, okay. So <laughs> I, I understand uh, that yeah. the youngest... Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I think um... it was,
1: like, a bit of a privilege, for sure, to get <laughs> to get certain things, like, get off the hook on certain things that maybe my sisters would not have. But I decided to go to the public high school, so it wasn't a—but, uh, like, I was still going to church every Sunday. I was doing CCD, which is, like— this after school program which is like essentially more catholic school (laughs) so i was going to public school but was still like heavily involved with the church like i was an i was an altar boy um like i did yeah i did all the you know all kinds of like church services and things like that um but yeah the first time i did stand up was in high school for the talent show and i i it was in front of like a packed auditorium and I did very well. And I just remember that rush. Um, and it was like an addictive rush where I was like, Oh, I want to do that again. I really want to do that again. Uh, so I, I think it's just that stage bug of like being in front of an audience that is laughing, just felt so good. And just having the ability to make people laugh like that uh was was pretty addictive I also was part of like a sort of like short form whose line is it anyway improv team in like hmm. they had a they had one in the high school and I did that and those were just like i mean i just i think it was just once I found comedy I knew that I wanted to do it and my parents were actually very supportive of it as well. Like they, they thought it was great that I found this creative outlet because they're both theater people. Like they like more like, you know, uh musical theater people. Sure. So I think that they saw that sort of as like an offshoot of that. So they, they were very supportive. Um, was that, what was the question again, Corey? I think, <laughs> I don't know if I answered any of that, but
0: no, that was that was good. Uh, yeah, no, you, you pretty much answered the question of it was essentially like what what pulled you into stand up yeah. but that that rush I 100% agree with. I I was more into music uh, in high school and one of my Okay. Um, one of my friends and I did like he, he played guitar and I sang for like this little charity thing that took place in the in a mini auditorium thing and we weren't good but like my friend put it on and it was like we're doing this but the best part of it was like between the songs I I said like two or three jokes and those actually got a rush. And at the end of it, I was like, the jokes were better than the music. What? A, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Oh man. I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. So, um,
1: right. Yeah. Right. Totally,
0: totally understand well, what you're and saying. I,
1: I, one other thing that I wanted to say is I think you were talking about like how, you know, moving to New York, it's like the debaucherous capital <laughs> of yeah. the world and like <laughs> coming in sort of being this like more naive kind of youngster, not really knowing, you know, who I'm surrounding myself with or who I'm getting, what I'm getting myself into. And I think, like, uh, meeting people who are a little more, like, um, atheist or, like, They're all like, yeah, Satan, you know, like people like (laughs) personalities who are like, hell yeah, Satan. And like more like they'd like sort of dark things was so like scandalous to me at a young age (laughs) where I was like, oh, this is interesting. And like uh, it was intimidating a little bit. Um, Again, that that shows like how sort of sheltered I was. But I think as I got away from the practice of regular Catholicism and sort of thought of things more logically, I realized that I never really actually believed in the things that were being preached. Like, I never really felt like I had an actual connection to God. I think I was Mm. doing it out of routine and that it was something that I was taught to do, but I never actually really had an experience where I felt that connection. I was just, like, trying to go through the um the motions of it and i think once i was able to experience different perspectives i realized that i resonated more with the idea of spirituality and like being spiritual but not this really intense belief of like we believe in this specific type of god and this specific type of god has these rules and if you don't follow mm-hmm. these rules it, it like that that math if you will um so i think like by experiencing these different perspectives i actually got more in touch with myself over time but the catholicism that was drilled into me at a young age still flares up in me from time to time you know
0: sure yeah i mean that that makes a lot of sense and it's it's tricky um the whole because it's it's funny that you you like switched over to spirituality because, um like, the same thing kind of happened for uh my dad, I guess. Like, he explained that when he was growing up, like, his parents, they weren't really that religious, but they wanted to go to church so that my dad and his brother could, like, have something to believe in if they needed it. So, like, they grew up kind of, kind of religious, but, and, and it's weird, because like, my dad is fairly, like, he's he's definitely not catholic um and like i said we went to church a little bit when i was a kid but like he never really went to church as an adult and so like i i guess i i want to hear your perspective on like now that you are out of the catholic church and you feel feel that you are more spiritual and that was a journey for yourself like let's say if if you do have kids like yeah how do you how do you push them forward? Per se, like, do you take them to because there's always like you hear shit online of like parents are like, I'm taking my kid to a different type of service like one Muslim, one yeah. Taoist, one Buddhist, one Christian, like one Catholic, all that stuff like is just kind of passing it around kind of the thing like. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what are what are your thoughts because obviously neither yeah. of us have kids but it's just kind right.
1: of an interesting thought exercise. Yeah, that's a great point, Corey. I think um, if I if I ever have kids, and I I think that I do want to have kids someday. That is something that I I would really like to. Uh, to do in my life. That just, is a goal. Just give it a
0: shot, you know? If, you know. <laughs> it's, there, it's, only, it's only permanent if you don't like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, after my divorce, no. Uh, sure. <laughs> but, um, but if I if I ever have kids in the future, I don't think that I, you know, depending on my partner, whether that person is, like, devoutly religious, if they aren't, I would push to not, raise them not not force them into a religion at a young age um oh. just because i i see what it has done to me and i think that if i were able to choose i would have liked to have grown up having the choice to either you know maybe my dad is religious Is like you can go to church with dad if you want to um but if you don't want to that's fine as well um just not mm. being able to choose, I think, is is tough. I know that, you know, some parents want to raise their children in a very specific manner, and that's, you know, that's fine. But I think, for me, I would want to give my child agency to see whether or not it resonates with them, naturally. Like, if they like church or not. Um, sure. But, but I also think that, like, educating them in different types of religions can be helpful just because I I think religion is a great thing and um, I think it I know a lot of people that it they honestly like need religion to have structure in my life like my older sister um, is still very religious and I really think it actually keeps her grounded in a good way like Hmm. I think it works for her and it's I'm glad that it's there for her um, because she has two kids and I think it gives her like, oh, okay, every Sunday we go to church and uh, we we go to church with the kids and there's a community and they have friends from the church and they go on like, you know, uh, d- they do different activities. Like it's a, right. almost like a, um, it's almost like a recreation center, if you will, like where they can all gather. So it, it definitely works for for some people i also think that it has helped me understand other like not necessarily cults but like cultish type things (laughs) where like oh this is um like oh astrology is like its own type of religion where it's like oh these are the rules of astrology this is what this means like it kind of helps you break down different systems by being raised in it, where it's like, oh, I see, like, they worship this thing, uh, and it's important because of this, and this means this. So I think, like, having that experience has helped me be able to, like, interpret uh, other types of spirituality or other, like, belief systems. So I think that, you know, still, like, educating people in religion or educating people in like these uh belief systems is is super applicable as you grow up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it, I I'm with you that I think it's a a personal journey. I mean like the every everyone's searching for meaning in in something and where you get it from. Obviously like with some of the stuff the Catholic Church has done, some people are like, "Okay, that's not a good way to find Meaning, but obvious. That's that's yeah. again, it's a personal thing where it's like, okay, um, you got to weigh the the bad to the good. So uh, with your, I mean, with your specific upbringing, where you're like, no, I'm I'm fairly I'm atheist now. Um, the kid thing, I I think I'm with you and that. Like, it's it's kind of their kind of their choice. But like, do you think you could date? Do you think you could be with a partner who is like super catholic or would that be too mm. much like because you, you said before that it would kind of depend what they would do uh like right. how they feel about that kind of stuff it's like could could you do it again really because it would be yeah. it would be familiar there'd be a level of familiarity that you would have uh that's there but is it is it worth it really
1: yeah that's a great question i mean i think that i my instinct is no. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> um because like you said, I don't think that there is a part of me that wants to relive or retread those memories of just like, you know, being just being in that world again is tough for me because I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I actually don't need that anymore, and I want to put that behind me. And yes, it is influential to like who I have become, and yes, there are good things about it, but I think that the the bad outweigh the good ultimately for me. Like, hmm. I think that there's a lot of problems with Catholicism. I don't think it necessarily is a good thing, in my opinion, to be teaching children that like we should be drinking the blood of christ and that that's a normal thing (laughs) that we like are worshiping a little
0: dramatic
1: (laughs) that we are worshiping a man from yeah exactly that we are worshiping a man from many many years ago and that every sunday we consecrate his body by uh breaking bread and then drinking his blood It, it just seems very cultish when you think about it uh in in that when you remove yourself from it and think about it in that way it's like wow that's actually a pretty crazy thing to make normal at such a young age um yeah so i think like (laughs) while while and i this is the other side of the coin is i think my parents are great people like i love them so much and i also think that there are many good people in the catholic church obviously there are bad people as well um but I don't think it necessarily. Um, I don't think you can infer the character of somebody based on their like religious beliefs. I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to that. But I just don't think that. It might it might be a deal breaker for me. Like if I'm in a relationship and it's like I'm extremely Catholic and this is, I just don't think that that would. I think that would actually be a turn off, honestly, for me <laughs> at this point. Well, that's
0: that's good. You the know, Catholics don't want you to have sex. So <laughs> yeah, I, exactly.
1: I think uh, I think
0: that's exactly what they wanted. Yeah, um.
1: like I respect it is what I'll say. Like I would totally respect yeah. if that person is into that, but. Uh, if it's like about, you know, getting married to someone like that, I think that's a whole different discussion.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely something that that I've grappled with being because I I pretty much grew up atheist. Like we stopped going to church when I was like nine or ten, and then I read the Da Vinci Code, and I've pretty much been atheist or agnostic ever since. And I said that to my dad one time, and he was like, "Really, you let Dan Brown run your life?" I was like, "Okay, when you put it that way, uh, that's that's not great." That's uh, funny, but but I've dated like I've dated pretty religious people, and it's actually weird. Almost every girl that I've dated as an adult, like a real girlfriend, has ended up going like they weren't in church at the beginning of a relationship, and then at some point they started going again, which I think says a lot it's about how bad of a boyfriend I am. But the uh,
1: <laughs> they go back just to like, the church, <laughs>
0: right? They do. It's it's like wow, am I catching these girls at the wrong time, or am I doing this? Um, but the uh, it's but it's always it's always frustrated me. Um, because like, I, I like, like the idea of someone being a quote unquote, like free thinker, like not subscribing to those sort of ritualistic stuff like that. But then at the same time, like I keep ending up with women who end up in the church and then like my stepmom who, um, I, I get along with really well, like my whole family loves her. Uh, she's, she's also pretty Catholic. Like she went to church every Sunday and like, she didn't make us go with it so it's like I I 100% agree with what you're saying and in, in that uh just because they are catholic it definitely doesn't mean they're a bad person but it's just like it's such a like it goes against what you kind of want in yes. a partner on paper for me and and I don't know if that resonates with you
1: Yeah absolutely and like the tricky thing is um you know uh, Catholicism is a lot about sacrifice because oh. um, you know, the the whole one of the concepts is that like in like in the Bible and in teaching like Jesus like sacrificed himself for our sins. That's like mm-hmm. one of sort of the concepts is that like we need to sacrifice by uh, essentially worshiping every Sunday because he is somebody who died for our sins, which I know, again, does, if you think about it logically, it's like, this is essentially a story. Um, Right. But the concept of sacrifice, I feel like, was also very drilled into me. So I think in the relationships that I've been in, I have been very willing to sacrifice and have been very willing to, again, put myself second, put that person on a pedestal, uh, like basically be the one who is, like, changing for them uh, in order to, like, make them more happy. So part of me thinks that if I really did love that person um, deeply, that I would be able to... I I am definitely capable of um, sacrificing my beliefs to, like, maybe... uh, cater to them more which i think again double-edged sword it's like maybe stand up for yourself tom like you don't need to (laughs) you don't need to believe what this person believes to make them happy like maybe you should you know put your foot down and stand up for what you believe in but uh again the idea of sacrifice it's like it's for the greater good is to make this person happy to please them so basically be the be the one who's more fluid and like um, assimilate to their beliefs, so I think I can go both ways, you know.
0: Sure, yeah. So um, I, I mean that that makes a lot of sense to me, um, and it it all does trickle down into like how you how you grow up trickles down into pretty much every relationship that you have, uh, romantic right. or not, going forward. But uh, so we've got. We got a few minutes left. I guess last last question is like, with you growing up Catholic, uh, and and a pretty like heavy Catholicism um, until high school. I mean, mm-hmm. what would you what would you change about how you grew up if? Uh, if, if you could essentially go back in time and say like, oh, OK, well, I'm only going to go to Catholic school for elementary sc- or uh, like until third grade or I'm only going to go to church on Sunday or I'm not going to go at all. Um, like what what are kind of the what are some of the good things that came about from it? And was it like was it worth it to grow up like that where from where you sit right
1: now? Yeah, that's really interesting. I think if there was, um, if there was something I could change, I, I would say that I I wish that my parents would have been more open to me breaking away from the whole like I'm going to church every Sunday. I. I don't really believe in this. Like I never had the balls to tell them that honestly Mm. until, until a later age where I was more mature and now they are respectful of it. They understand it. Like I've told them, you know, I just, I don't really identify with this anymore. I completely respect, uh, your beliefs, but, uh, I don't want to go to church anymore because it just doesn't, it's not my thing. And they they respect that. But I think, I wish if I could have changed something that I was maybe had a little more agency at a younger age to tell them that it's not something that I enjoy. Um, or just to even get a different perspective uh, of like, you know, this is essentially one way to live your life. Because I never mm-hmm. realized that until a pretty late, Age in my in my teenage years that it's like oh there are other ways to like to live that are not by this code, uh, but would I? W- like you said, like would I would I change the way that I was raised? I actually don't necessarily think so because in a way I think it has given me in a sense like its own type of superpower where <laughs> like <laughs> the the strictness, the rules, the uh the fear of diff- of bad consequences, the um the yeah, just that that religious intensity and vigor I think has while I have stepped away from that, I think some of those attributes are able to infect my life, especially comedy in like a way that I probably would not create the same comedy that I do today if I didn't have this type of upbringing, because I, I don't. I don't think my comedy or my jokes would be as intense or chaotic if I wasn't raised <laughs> in in such a suffocated Catholic way. Right. Uh, I think that burst of energy is a reaction to sort of being like caged at a young age in this. Uh, really intense belief system
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense to me um well thank you so much tom for for doing this we got we got exactly an hour which is fucking perfect this was so interesting i've always uh like i said before we joined like i uh, before we started recording i've always wanted to to find someone to talk about this so this was great this is exactly what i was uh what i was looking for and it was really interesting to to hear more about how you grew up so thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Corey. Yeah, of
0: course. Um, do you have uh, things you want to plug? I know probably not live shows, but the do you have like the improv? Uh, the sorry, live isn't in person, but do you have uh, like Zoom shows coming up?
1: Yeah. Um. I so as I said before earlier on the podcast, I'm part of uh, Magnet Theater's improv program, so I have a show. Uh, coming up on February 3rd at 8 p.m. And that's on uh, Twitch. If you go to Magnet Theater's Twitch page, uh, do a virtual show with a team called Mr. Macaulay Culkin. Um, (laughs) That's uh, Mr. Macaulay Culkin. So that that show is coming up on the 3rd. And then also follow me on Instagram at Tom Achilles. I try to throw up some uh, sketch videos on there from time to time
0: yeah yeah those are those are great i love uh i, I love the the tom achilles drops are you on uh, are
1: you throwing those up on tiktok yet i actually yes i just created a tiktok okay. uh recently so you can follow me at tommy gohard on tiktok <laughs> all right
0: good, good <laughs> shit i will uh i'll i'll put it in the uh the show description and uh tom uh hopefully i get to see you again soon let's uh I know. once you come back to the city
1: Oh my gosh, I miss you, buddy. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll be back, but hopefully at some point. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Have a great rest of your weekend,
0: Tom. You too. Talk soon. Bye bye.